We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to BuzzBeat Radio, your premier Charlotte Hornets show. All right, welcome in. Episode 54, BuzzBeat Radio. This is your special edition, I would call it, uh, trade deadline edition. Uh, we're pretty much going to talk uh, what the Hornets did and did not do uh, at the trade deadline. A much-anticipated trade deadline for the Hornets, probably... Uh, golly, this this is one of the more uh, chatted up deadlines I can remember in Charlotte basketball uh, in the past decades. So we're going to talk mostly that today. Um, I am here, Spencer Percy, Richie's here, Brian's here, the whole crew is in the house. So let's just jump right in here, guys. But not before I plug what we need to plug. Uh, don't forget, we're a, a proud member of the Almighty Baller Radio Network. Check them out, almightyballer.com. And our good friends at sportschannel8.com. Duke Carolina's tonight. You guys will probably be watching this or listening to this rather tomorrow. Uh, and you'll know the Duke Carolina result. But first of the rivalry is tonight. And Sports Channel 8's got all your coverage for ACC basketball. Uh, so check them out, sportschannel8.com. All right, let's get in. Hornets trade <clears throat> the day before the deadline. So Wednesday uh, for Willie Herning Gomez from the New York Knicks in exchange uh, for Johnny O'Brien. That is an expiring deal effectively. Uh, and then two second round draft picks, uh, 2020 and 2021. I should have written that down, but I think that is right. Um, That's right. So let, okay, that is correct. Okay, so I just want to throw it to you first, Brian. You're like quick, you know, one paragraph reaction of this for the Hornets, and then we'll get into more of the details. And then, Richie, I want, I want to hear yours after that. It, it's tough to make a, a ton of sense about the, of, of that deal. I kind of thought it was going to be the preamble to a, a second move that would happen today uh, leading into the deadline. That was not the case. Uh, I suppose Hernan Gomez offers a little bit of um, sort of cost-controlled insurance and, uh, you know, for another Cody injury or, you know, depending on maybe something happens with Dwight or whatever – so there's that, and then since Frank Kaminsky's been pretty disappointing as the backup four, Marvin's hurt too. Maybe another guy that could give them some minutes at the four. Um, 
but like I, I don't know if the fit's going to be great with Hernan Gomez off off you know operating as the power forward to Cody or Dwight. Um, the numbers aren't super encouraging, but um, you know when has this team cared much about space to begin with on offense? So um, <laughs> you know maybe maybe it could work with Hernan Gomez as the four if you know you're playing it with Lamb and Kemba in Batum along with Cody, I, I could see that. I could see that working a little bit, but, um, but yeah, I even plugged it into some of the spacing calculators that look at the lineups and yeah, the, the results are not, uh, not promising. This guy's taken just 23 point attempts in his NBA career. So, uh, we shall see. I echo all that. I think that the deal in and of itself, um, not the biggest fan of. I mean, taking you know, trading two second round picks in addition to Johnny O'Brien. Clearly, Hernan Gomez is the better player in the trade. Obviously, that's why we had to add those extra picks. But I wonder if we could have just thrown in one second round pick. But who knows if that's what the the asking price was for Hernan Gomez? I see, I see the potential there. I mean, he's a young player. I think he's like twenty. What? what, what how old? Twenty three. Twenty three. Twenty three. Yeah. He'll turn. He'll turn. He'll turn 24 in the offseason, yeah, but so he's 23 now. The deal of itself, I wasn't the biggest fan of, but in my eyes, I was thinking that it was just the first domino to fall for the next one that I thought was going to occur today on trade deadline, but that did not happen. So uh, it's kind of tough to see where he fits in with this big man rotation. Like Brian was just saying, he doesn't offer a lot of spacing um, in terms of the, his style of play. Uh, he's definitely someone that works down in the post. He, he's pretty nifty down there and, and, and with his post moves and stuff like that, but um the deal itself, two second-round picks and Johnny O'Brien, wasn't the biggest fan of unless there was something else to come uh, today, which did not happen. Yeah, um, Brian, I think you said it uh, very well. I think cost certainty is certainly something to really pay attention to here for Charlotte. They cannot make a splash this summer in free agency um, due to their cap situation. You know, They'll have... Um, the rights to use a mid-level exception, uh, they can use a biannual exception since they did not this past year. So th- they'll have those exceptions available, but they're just not going to use them because they're not going to go into the tax with a team that's not going to win. So, you know, I think getting a guy like Willie Hernan Gomez, who's under contract through 2020 and not making over $1.7 million, um, this year, next year, or the year after is certainly – that can never be viewed, especially with a guy who's as talented as Willie is, uh, in a bad way. The problem becomes, you know, where does he fit, you know, in terms of this depth? And you guys have touched on it a little bit. I mean, we're really looking at only one season, 19 and 20, uh, where he's, you can clearly see a role for him as just the backup center behind Cody Zeller, you know, who's still on contract there. And then that's after the season after Dwight comes off. So and the interesting thing to note here is uh, Hernan Gomez's trigger date. It's a non-guaranteed deal for the 2019-20 season. But his trigger date is for June 28th. So it's actually before free agency starts. So really what, I'm, what you should think about there is that the Hornets will definitely go ahead and guarantee that year. Like $1.7 million, a little less than that, uh, for a solid backup center. Like So you know, it's really not paying attention to that non-guaranteed year and basically just focusing on the fact that he will be under contract in Charlotte for the next three years. But that brings up the larger question. Like, are you just going to wash the, the rest of this season and next season when Dwight's still on contract and just park him on the end of, end of the bench? Like, that's a little bit confusing. So, 
especially you know, coming it, out of the situation he came in with with New York. He wanted out of there because his, his uh, role decreased a little yeah. bit. So if he's going to have to wait two years, who knows if he's going to demand another trade? Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, it, it, it seems a little confusing that his agents were like, all right, New York, we're not happy with his role here. Trade us. OK, they did, but they trade him to a more confusing situation and more yeah. crowded front court. So that's certainly a little bit of a head scratcher. But really what it tells me is a few things is and, and really no one knows the answer to this. But this is what I really ponder is that although the deal, the second deal that we all kind of guessed would happen after this trade uh, yesterday, it, it's still possible that Charlotte ditches Howard or some other front court contract leading into the draft, you know, right before the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, Howard is a tough one to ditch, but if he continues the strong play, you know, throughout the remainder of the season and say the Hornets do sneak into the playoffs and he gains some accolades from that, like, I don't know, maybe, maybe there's a stupid GM out there that takes him into space. I, I don't know. Um, but then, do Frank, think, Mid- yeah, go do, ahead. Do you think there's any chance? I, I hit on this just very, really briefly in the last episode, but like, I mean, I, I think there's. I don't think they would do this. But what about the possibility of them stretching Dwight? Um, you know, yeah. the, using the stretch provision on Dwight. So he's owed twenty three point eight million dollars in 2018-2019 next season. That's the last year on the on his deal. But if a player is waived from July first, so the start of you know mm-hmm. the next August thirty first. Then his remaining salary is paid over twice the number of years remaining on his deal plus one. So if I if my if I'm thinking about this correctly, couldn't you take that you know twenty four million dollar salary and pay it out over three years? So it would be yeah. eight million on the books each year. So you would save again. I I don't know if I'm if I'm doing the numbers right there, but you would be saving about fifteen million dollars. In the you know for the 2018-2019 season, is that a possibility? I mean, I don't think they're going to go that route, but it's something that they that's something that they maybe could consider doing, because um, at least in the short term would free up a little bit of cap space to help fill out the roster. Well, it would, what, yeah, but it still would not get Charlotte. I mean, I don't. I'd have to plug it into the calculator. I, I still don't think it would actually get Charlotte below the cap. If it, if it got him below the cap, yeah. it'd only do it by like like pennies yeah. on the dot. You know what I mean? By like right. a, a million or so. So at that right. point, now you don't even have access to the full taxpayer non taxpayer yeah. mid level, yeah. which is which is more. You know, now you have to use the room mid level. So I, it's certainly a possibility. But like if they did that, BG, the only reason they would do it is like just for like playing time purposes and just yeah. to like. But I would just rather ask Howard to go home and you're an expiring contract and, you know, you're, you're falling off the, the year after. In that way, we still get Hernan Gomez some playing time. Yeah. We don't have to worry. You know what I'm saying? We don't have to worry about you. We'll pay your salary. And then your whole, your, you know, your 24 million falls off the year after. Mm-hmm. So I, I, it's, it's just it's kind of confusing. I see what Charlotte was doing here. They were trying to get a guy who's talented. Um, and he'll look, he'll be in Charlotte for three seasons. So if I understand the rules right, they'll have his full bird rights in the summer of 2020. Yeah. So like they'll and, and look at the cap for Charlotte and going into the 2021 season. Like they'll, they should have they should have some significant room to bring him back. So like I, I think they see this guy as actually like a five, six year player in this franchise. You know, if things go the way that they're viewing uh, them going. And if again, if you get a player 
that's under contract for less than five million dollars over the or six million dollars over the next three seasons. Like hell yeah, let's let's do this and figure out the rest later. Um, but yeah, it seems like they need the Hornets need to do everything in their power to try to get off either Frank Kaminsky or Dwight Howard before the draft. That's going to be hard, but they would yeah. really do themselves a favor and accelerate this plan with Hernan Gomez as the backup center if they could. I'll, I'll say this. I think that, like you, you, Spencer, you laid it out really well there. If you can get a guy with that many years left on his contract for only $5 million, that seems to be a pretty good and maybe slightly improving young player. Like, it should be a no-brainer. Let me just say this, though. This franchise has an awfully bizarre way of looking at the future. Just like like it yeah. – they're still they're capped into oblivion, but hey, we've got the backup center position figured out in 2021. You know what I mean? So I, I just – it it makes sense because it's a piece of the puzzle, perhaps down the road. But in terms of priorities, it, I just can't believe that it was you know Tom. it was on the list for the deadline this yeah. year, and it cost you two second round picks that could both be you know top thirty five, top forty picks in the draft both those year. Which maybe that means nothing, um, but they also the opportunity cost is those also help grease the wheels on trades in the future and stuff like that too. Um, it's not like they got him for free from New York City. Do you guys think they made this deal in hopes of doing another one? Or was it just like, okay, we're going to do this deal, and if something happens tomorrow, something happens, and we're fine with just making this one singular deal? Or do you think that they actually had a plan in mind? I think it's a great question, and it's a perfect segue to kind of the next topic we're going to talk about. And I, I do think my theory is that Charlotte, thought they could back Cleveland into a corner as the deadline was really approaching and they could get them to take on Dwight Howard. Um, and, you know, Dwight Howard, and obviously Kimba was part of this deal. Kimba, Dwight Howard, uh, and maybe they even at that point were like, we don't even care if the Brooklyn pick's coming back. We'll just take their first-round pick, but we only take one of J.R. Smith or Tristan Thompson, you know, or something like that. They, they could talk them into that corner but look, you got to give Cleveland some credit. Like Kobe Altman, say what you want to say about what they did today. I actually think they did a pretty good job. <laughs> I, I and, agree. I and agree. you know, and I don't think Charlotte saw that happening. I, I don't, you know, they Charlotte should have known that Cleveland was active all around the league. And I think they made this deal for Hernan Gomez yesterday to number one shore up front court depth, which they did. Low hanging fruit for a team that doesn't want him and, and agents that want him out. And a talented young player. Boom, boom, boom. Done. Sign us up. We'll do that. Now, the next move is if we can get the right haul for Kimba or attaching Dwight, that's the rule. you got to take Dwight. He's an expiring, you know, he's expiring next year. And now we've, you know, we've got that front court situation short up and we'll take a bad contract back. You give us a first round pick. It doesn't have to be the Brooklyn deal done. I think that was kind of Charlotte's plan and it didn't come out to fruition. And Cleveland got what they appeared what they think is a better deal. And I go back and forth, but I wouldn't necessarily disagree. I think they did a nice job today. Yeah, I think they did too. Um, I think I, I, I do say this though. I don't think it moves the needle that much on a potential matchup with golden state, but maybe it betters Cleveland's odds in the Eastern conference a little bit, whatever. I do think if for whatever, if for whatever reason, LeBron decides to leave Cleveland in the summer, and by the way, this deal helped the Lakers free up two max roster spots for next season um that like this move while i like it a lot today and i think altman and company did a good job i think it might look a little desperate uh 
a few mo- a few months from now too. Like I just I think it it's just like a, they're putting a bandaid on a gash. But um, you know I, the Hornets had I think the best player in Kemba that could have been packaged in any deal today. I mean of the players that the the Cavs got, none of them are anywhere close to as good as Kemba Walker is. Um, I mean Rodney Hood's yeah. a good scoring young wing, but doesn't do much else other than that. And he does play at a position where there's not a top, not a ton of league-wide depth. So th- there's something to m- matter about that. And George Hill's a good good shooting point guard that'll pl- fit well alongside Braun. And Nance gives them some some athleticism that you could use against Boston or Golden State up front. But, um, you know, the, the, the Hornets didn't have a great hand despite having maybe the best card of somebody that could do a deal with, with the Cavaliers and, and just fizzled out. Didn't work out if that was what they were trying to get done today. I guess to answer my own question, I, I think that they were trying, like you said, Spencer, to do another deal today. And it's just it, it's just confusing by itself to me why you make that deal if you're not going to do a follow-up trade. I mean, Hernan Gomez is a fine player and all, but I thought just with the way that our front court is right now that we needed to unload you know, Dwight if we could. And I, I kind of thought that was going to be the case. Um, but it is what it is, and I think that if you're going, if you're trying to get Hernan Gomez, obviously you're trying to get younger, and Dwight doesn't fit that plan. And and Brian, to your question about earlier, like stretching Dwight, I don't think I would go that route, only in the sense that because he's an expiring next year, and if we did stretch him, what would we do with that money for for next season in terms of like winning my, now? My I only, guess my only thought would be trying to use some of it on Graham. What would be my would be would be was my only sort of like that was the the ends to justify yep. the means sort, sort of situation. Sense. But um, you know, I, I I'm with you. I I don't I don't a I don't think they're going to use the stretch on Dwight, and I don't even know if that's something I would even trigger because, like Spencer said, there are some other um, you know implications in terms of exceptions you could probably use and stuff could or could not use too. Um. So and I just want to say real quickly, like this is. This is kind of like this Hernan Gomez trade is the result of living in the fringes of the repercussions that come from, you know, a 2016 free agency where they had to hand out bad contracts to Marvel Williams and Nick Batum. We, we've well documented that. And not only that, but then making an awful trade to acquire Miles Plumley in his, his deal. Like, so what 2016, those contracts landed us were well, shitty contracts, for lack of better ways to say it. And then what the trade for Miles Plumley in that failed exper- experiment landed us was having to take on Dwight Howard. And the result of all that is absolutely no flexibility to improve the roster in the in the month of July. And so this is how you have to do it. You have to live in the fringes. And that is like Willie Hernan Gomez was low-hanging fruit. New York didn't have room for, for him in, in their front court. Uh, they've got Kyle O'Quinn there. They've got cancer there. Like, there's nowhere for him to go. And New York was willing to give him to almost anyone that came knocking. And Charlotte was like, oh, low-hanging fruit, really cheap contract, young player. Like, they sprinted to that opportunity because that's the only kind of opportunity available to them due to the cap situation right now. So, like, this is a win for Charlotte in my opinion. And good on Rich Cho or whoever made the final decision on this. But, like, this is also the repercussion of a lot of bad decisions, right? Like, the good decision yes, can be granted but and acknowledged, but it only follows a lot of bad ones. And that's kind of to you know your point, Richie, and what you're trying to say is it is confusing. And, but again, this is, this is kind of paying the piper, if that makes sense. 
right, we talked about you guys brought up the Travion Graham conundrum. So he's really the only player when you look at uh, next season in the Hornets cap situation that they'll fight to bring back. And I want to open it up with just a few quick comments and then throw it to you guys. Travion Graham actually qualifies for the arenas provision, um, which basically says that he cannot be offered um, a deal greater than the non-taxpayer mid-level exception in free agency, which basically allows, you know, he's a restricted free agent, in other words, allows the team that he's on to, to pretty much no matter what, no matter what their tax situation is, allows them to match the offer. So Charlotte can match the offer if, if they really want to. I think the silver lining here for the Hornets, and then I want to throw it to you guys, is that this market is absolutely starved. We've talked about that a lot as well. And I just don't know, like, Travion's been great this year, but I don't know that there's any cap space team that's like, oh, we really want to get that guy. You know, like, Mm -hmm. or, or, you know, not even that, a team that's just a little over the tax and, you know, a team maybe like Portland or, uh, I don't know, I can't think of another one off the top of my head, but a team that has a little bit of breathing room under the tax that says, oh, yeah, yeah, mid-level exception guy, $8.4 million on that guy. I don't know if that team's out there. So I think really the Hornets... Not playing hardball, but they might be able to get TG just back on the qualifying offer, which is about $1.7 million. So this market could really play in the Hornets' favor uh, to bring Graham back. I mean, it's interesting to see because Lou Williams, who agreed to this extension with the Clippers yesterday, you know, he can't be traded for six months now. But the extension that Lou Williams agreed to is less than the mid-level exception. I mean, that changes the – you want to know why Tyreek Evans didn't get dealt today? Like, a big part of it had to do with because Lou Williams took below market value um, when he agreed to that extension with the Clippers. So, you know, you think if Lou Williams is getting paid $8 million a year, what is Trevi and Graham going to make? So, you know, I, I think it would be, especially with these guys that you have, you know, a restricted free agent like Graham, yeah, it'd be really nice if you could bring him back on the qualifying offer and, you know, see how he plays for one more season and then maybe try to hit the ground running in 2019 uh, with, you know, an unrestricted Trevi and Graham. Yeah, I, I think you have to do everything in your power to bring this guy back. And he, he's been an amazing player. He is exactly what we need for this team. He moves the ball. He does all the right things on both ends of the court. Um, he's, a, he's just a scrappy player that just is, is very heady. Uh, and he does all the right things. And, you know, like you said, Spencer, we could play hardball with him. And I feel like he deserves more than that $1.6 million with the way that he's played, clearly. But, um, I mean, if that's the way that we have to go because we're, we're kind of up against the tax line, then we might have to play hardball with him. Yeah, and again, you know, the market might take care of that for us. But, um, you know, if they are able to get Travion at the, excuse me, at the at the qualifying offer, then, I mean, good, good gosh, you're looking at two rotation players for the Hornets next season in Hernan Gomez and Graham at less than $1.7 million, which would be pretty special and pretty lucky for a team that uh, is taxed into oblivion, as Charlotte is. And so really... You know, again, this summer, that's really one of the only priorities. Julian Stone, you know, they got to make a decision on him. His trigger date for his contract is August 1st. So it's actually after free agency. Um, You know, my best guess is the Hornets might, they they might just completely set out free agency. I think they have to do one. Well, they'll have to maybe bring Carter Williams back on like a, a, uh, you know, a minimum contract and then their first round pick. And then that's 14 spots. And then you bring stone back and that's all you got. Cause that's all you can do. <laughs> uh, 
So it might be that boring for the Hornets this offseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, we shall see. But again, they need to try to find a part, find a way to possibly part uh, with one of these big contracts uh, or Frank Kaminsky before the draft. BG, I know you touched on a little bit earlier, but yeah. you want to talk about maybe how he can fit maybe as the four along with Cody or Dwight? Oh, yeah. Is any of that possible? Yeah, uh, I mean, sure. I mean, they they Clifford even went to the the Twin Tower lineup with with Zeller and Howard the other night, actually. So, <laughs> sure, why not? Um, he's played a little over fifteen hundred minutes in his two year career in the NBA. Twenty nine field goals outside of the paint, uh, just a thirty three percent shooter from the field outside of the paint. So, not going to get a lot of that sort of vertical spacing with him on the court if he is, in fact, your four. Um, and Zeller's just made 28 field goals outside of the paint since the start of the 2016-2017 season. And like I said earlier, Hernan Gomez has attempted just 20 three-point attempts in his career, less than four attempts, less than, or pardon me, less than 4% of his field goal attempts in his career have been threes. Um, just digging through on basketball reference, he played in 133 games with Real Madrid and Sevilla. Um, only two of 11 on three-point attempts in those minutes either. I mean, he's demonstrated, you're, you're basically hoping, does this guy have a mid-range shot somewhere in his arsenal we haven't seen yet because, um, you know, the three-pointer is just non-existent. Um, that doesn't mean he couldn't add it. You've seen guys like, you know, Brooke Lopez or whatever, big guys add the three late in their career. Marvin Williams is another guy. Um, but yeah, right, you know, he as of right now, at almost 24 years of age, he's demonstrated no ability to uh, hit three-pointer. One of the things that is a little bit that is on the positive note with Hernan Gomez, um, this season, 63% of his field goal attempts have come inside of four feet. And according to uh, Second Spectrum uh, on NBA.com, he's shooting 65.5% on field goal attempts inside the restricted area, uh, 37 of 48, which is pretty good. Last season, 69% of his field goal attempts are inside four feet, and he shot 60% on those. Um, you know, his true shooting number is probably somewhere in between those two. He's a really good defensive rebounder, uh, 27% defensive rebounding rate as a rookie, and uh, 20% for his career, and a 13% career offensive rebounding rate. And he's a guy that we've seen when they've played the Hornets in the past. He's done a really good job on the glass on both ends of the court. So that's nice. But, um, you know, <laughs> defensive rebounding is a strength of this team. So, uh, you know, I don't think he can help really that much. I mean, the Hornets rebounding right now. So uh, in terms of his ability to stretch the floor, you know, I would be a little shaky. I looked at some of the on-off numbers with when he was in New York with some of their centers like Noah and Kylo Quinn. Um, you know, it's tough. It's just not a, a none of it's very good. Um but it's just tough to make any sort of value judgments off of it because a, it's not a lot of minutes and B these are on terrible teams that already had negative point differentials. So, you know, you don't want to read maybe too much into it, but, uh, played 106 minutes with Kyle O'Quinn last season, uh, 104 points for 100 possessions. They allowed 109 net of minus five, um, 33 minutes with Joe Noah last season, uh, they score 77 points per 100 <laughs> possessions, which is terrible. Um, I think I think you and I could do that. Yeah, exactly. I think yeah. so. I think so. Um, I gotta, you know, I can stretch it out to 18, 19 feet with the uh, the mid range there. Um, assuming <laughs> you know 92 percent of them don't get rejected. Uh, he did play 
Last season, he played 558 minutes with Kristaps Porzingis. Not too bad. 104 points for 100 possessions. A defensive rating just under um, 108 points for 100 possessions. And, you know, it wasn't much better when he played alongside Lance Thomas as sort of like a stretchier, more athletic four. I mean, again, all of these things have negative point differentials because a lot of times he's playing with, you know, New York's backup lineup and just getting hosed out there. So um, if you're looking for a, you know, hey, he could fit as a stretch type guy, sort of silver lining, I don't think that exists at the moment. Um, But you never know. Guys that play alongside Kemba and Cody tend to, things can, they can tend to look a little bit better playing next to those guys, which helps. The only thing that is tough is I was sort of hoping that even when Marvin came back, the team would try to play smaller with Trevi and Graham. And I know I'm just sort of focusing on the last 25, 30 games of this season because who knows what happens going into next season. Um, but it, that doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. If anything, it seems like they, you know, even more bully ball might be, uh, you know, on the horizon, especially if Frank Kaminsky's going to lose minutes to this guy, which maybe not the worst thing in the world, but, um, you know, it would take that that one, you know, what Frank Kaminsky adds to the roster, which is, we joke about it, but those se- seven-foot guy that can stand behind the arc and at least teams have to sort of defend him. And uh, with Hernan Gomez, that, you know, that's probably not the case. To me, he's like, almost like a Cody Zeller with a better post game, but I feel like he's still nimble enough, even though he's not someone that was going to stretch the floor I, from the games that I've seen him. He's still nimble enough to go set a screen, roll hard, get the ball in the paint and, and, and make a nifty post move and, and score around the rim. He's never going to stretch. I shouldn't say he's never going to stretch as of right now, Brian, like you said, he's never going to stretch the court. So him playing with another five is going to be very difficult but as we've seen, Clifford doesn't really care um, in terms of uh, closing up that space. But I can see that role that he can play very similar to a Cody. Yeah, I watched, uh, I haven't dove into any of the stats really with Hernan Gomez, but that's why we have you here, BG. Um, you know, I, I watched as much film as I could yesterday of him, probably a 30 minute window uh, before the Spiders took down the Rams uh, in, the, in the battle for the Capitol in Richmond yeah, uh, for the, for the second time this season. There we go. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so so I got a little film watch uh, in yesterday. I I think there's a lot of undeveloped skill uh, offensively from Hernan Gomez, and I think he's more of a physical player than maybe his profile might suggest. Um, you know, he's he's a I think he's a good screen setter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's a good roller. I think he he could potentially have a sh- a good short roll. Um, you know, mid roll, uh, make the extra pass kind of game. You know, you look at him under the basket, and you don't see it often, but you see almost like Ennis Cantor kind of footwork around the rim, but he gets – I don't know how to explain it really. It's just not very fluid yet. But I do see a guy that is going to be a very skilled scorer if he gets the right opportunity in the league over the next six or seven seasons um, and even possibly a starting opportunity. I don't know, but – He's definitely got a fluid jump shot. I mean, the, the stroke is not broken. There is no hitch. Uh, he gets it in the shooting pocket. He lets it go on the way up. Uh, it, it's fluid. It, it looks like a little bit of a heave when he gets back to the three-point line, but it's, again, it's not broken. Like, there is stuff to work with uh, in, in this guy's skill set, and he's got a good feel for the game. And you know what? I, I don't know that he's been in a great situation, Brian. You said it. I mean, when you're going through the stats – 
remember with all these stats, he's playing with a lot of second units for New York that, you know, frankly suck. And anybody's stats are not going to be great. But when you just watch him play, he's got a pretty high IQ. He's more physical than he gets uh, credit for. And just his offensive touch and feel, again, there, there's a lot of stuff to work with in the toolbox. And at this point, it's just about Charlotte finding a way to get him on the floor and get him in the gym and work him out and develop him. Like, look, this is almost like a second a second draft pick if you're Charlotte at this point. You know, like this is a second-round draft pick that, you know, you don't get the full five-year – you know, team control rights on, but you got him for three years and you got him at a, at a, at a lower contract, then your first round pick will be this upcoming draft. So developing Hernan Gomez and having his full bird rights and possibly keeping him around for five to six to seven years is, is frankly in a shitty cap situation for this team is very, very important. And I think it's probably going to become an underrated narrative uh, with this team's development as we move forward, and we, you know, we can't see past the Dwight era, you know, mm-hmm. Dwight timeline yet, but it's really not that far out. It's yeah. really not. And and, de- mm-hmm. and finding a way to develop Hernan Gomez uh, is really an important piece for the Hornets. It really is. Yeah, I'll I'll add this here. He had last season with the Knicks uh, 145 screen assists in uh, a little over 1,300 minutes, about four screen assists per 36 minutes. And uh, the 145 screen assists he had on the team, which those are screens that lead directly to one of his teammates scoring, uh, were second behind only uh, Joachim Noah. So, yeah, maybe there is a little bit of untapped potential. Those aren't quite Cody Zeller numbers, but Cody's you know damn near the best in the NBA at getting guys open for jumpers off, off screens and stuff. So, um, yeah, there might be a little bit of untapped potential there. I like the way you address it. When you think of this guy as a, um, you know, a second round pick, he'd be like a guy, you know, he's 23 years old. So it's like a guy you drafted, after, you know, four year college player, you know, that you got in the second round. So, you know, the Lakers getting Josh Hart from Villanova last year, something like that. Maybe that's the, the right way to think about it, um, especially if you want to put like a little more thoughtful twist on it after they gave up. You know, two second round picks to get this guy. Um, I, I, I like that angle. Didn't you guys laugh at the fact that we got rid of two two second round picks because we never really you know keep those players anyway? I feel like that's just a trend with our team get, getting rid of those yeah. second round picks. Yeah, I mean everybody was having fun with that on Twitter yesterday. That they just didn't want to take heat for selling the picks at the draft, so they just decided to just go ahead and uh, uh, unload both of them uh, and get. Well, get I, and I, I mean, honestly, I thought. <laughs> I thought at the very least today the Hornets could talk one of the seven cap space teams and just take Frank. Like exactly what um, Orlando did with Peyton yeah. today. Just take Frank into your space and give us a second round pick. And, th- and then that way you at least recoup one of those picks, you know, down the road. But, uh, man, that I mean, honestly, if we learned one thing from this trade deadline with the Hornets, it's how low Frank Kaminsky's trade value is. I mean, or just how low his value is as a player in general. Like he's got I mean, his contract can't get any friendlier. Right. Yeah, like he's still on right. a rookie deal. Like, how can you not convince someone because your front court is just a little crowded now to just take that guy into space and get one of those second round picks that New York cornered you into to take Hernan Gomez back? Like that's that that's where his stock is on the market, and if the Hornets did not try to do that, that's even dumber. But yeah. that's another conversation for another day. Yeah, I was just looking at it, Milwaukee, because I'm just trying to think of Wisconsin ties, like Midwestern Wisconsin ties. 
Um, no, you know, you think about it, maybe they could say, hey, this is a way for us to have a couple nights of promotion and sell some tickets. Um, yeah, they're over $110 million in terms of, uh, yeah, or over 114, almost $115 million in, um, in total cap. So yeah, probably, you know, maybe that, maybe that would have been one possibility, but, um, a little too much on the books there with the, uh, the bucks, unfortunately, but you, you, maybe you would have thought a team like Indiana, you know what I mean? That does, that has space and maybe they would have been interested in this, but, um, no dice. It does make me a little uneasy to think of just, you know. What's going to happen with Frank Kaminsky, uh, you know, between now and when he hits unrestricted free agency in 2019? You know, does he is he the same player, you know, 18 months from now or do they trade him between now and then? Or, you know, what's the, even the market value for this guy once he hits unrestricted free agency? Uh, I just, four, I, it's all, it's all a mystery Four first round picks. <laughs> right. 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 So, so, yeah. And you're assuming we just renounce his rights almost immediately as soon as I mean, the summer of 19 starts you gotta because, you gotta think so right because yeah why not because at this point i mean i don't even know if he's worth just you know taking back on the qualifying offer of 4.9 million i mean i yeah i i, I don't know look i we've Plus, talked about it before i'm not sure he belongs in the nba but you know because hey. here's the thing too spencer we need all the available money we can get in 2019 yeah. that summer to go after Kristaps Porzingis because we got his boy Willie Hernan Gomez now. I love it. Get they're the best, band back together. They're best friends, man. So we're gonna let we're like gonna let Kristaps you know recover from his ACL injury here, and we're gonna go after him in the summer of 2019, and we're gonna see if we can we can lure him out of the Big Apple down to the the bustling big city of Charlotte, North Carolina, and see if that can uh, entice Kristaps to reunite I mean, with his best friend. Why not the Chapel yeah. Hill Eastern <laughs> Europe uh, connection? <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. Why not? Uh, I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah, I'm here for it, man. Let's do yeah. it. Drinking the punch. God. All right, boys. Anything else here? Oh, we do have one more thing. Um, Kimball Walker. He's an all-star. After, like, the only injury that didn't happen was Buzzbeat Radio, um, you know, tearing its ACL. That, that's about the only thing that didn't happen <laughs> yeah. to allow Kemba to become a, uh, an all-star. But he's finally um, the Porzingis, the very unfortunate Kripstas Porzingis uh, injury from the other night. I hated that one. Yeah. That so Kemba will play oh. in the all-star game. Uh, and, uh, I mean, I guess I'm excited. You know, I, I think this has been a great day for Kemba Walker and all his fans. You know, he didn't get traded from Charlotte. Yeah, it's an all-star game all in one day. We need to like memorialize this day I, somehow. I don't know how. I, I saw that. Um, I, I we got to come up with the drink for the the like the Mozgov drink, and we got to come up with something <laughs> another celebration thing for the eighth of February uh, every year from now on. But look, it was sort of a joke that Kemba hadn't been named to the all-star game. Um, I mean, he's better in every measurable way than Goran Dragic, so it's it's not fair that it came to this. You know. Porzingis is so awesome. This would have been, you know, his first All-Star game. It would have been ama- just a cool thing for him and his exposure, and he's totally earned it because he's a he's an absolute beast. But um, Kemba is totally deserving of the spot too. Uh, he's earned it. He's played at an incredible level this year. I, I just I do want to mention that a lot of people were using the record, the win-loss record against Kemba, as far as why Dragic deserved. Um, you know, inclusion in the roster above him. I just want people to know that when Kemba's on the court, Charlotte plays with a point differential of like a 55-win team and at the rate of a top two or three offense. 
Like right. this team, this this guy is unbelievable, and I couldn't even get over the fact that of two man combinations on the roster, Kemba has a positive net differential, net rating with everybody on the roster. That's amazing. And Dragic has it with like I think has it with only two guys that are in the rotation of Miami's roster. But I shouldn't really stack those guys up side by side. It's not a fair fight. The point is Kemba's as good as any of these other all-star point guards. And um, I probably won't watch the game. I think I'm going to use that weekend to get away from basketball a little bit. But I am I am excited to, uh, to have Kemba be a part of it again, even though it's a huge bummer having Porzingis um, knocked out. It's always good stuff, fellas. Um, this was good. We wanted, what, I mean, again, really what our goal was tonight was to get um, some content in front of all of our listeners, our very loyal, and we're very thankful for uh, listeners, you know, on Friday morning or sometime Friday, whenever Richie, again, the brains of all this, be able to get around to it. But uh, we wanted to get you guys some content really before next week because there's a lot to digest. Um, you know, post-trade deadline. And again, there was a lot of anxiety leading up to it with, are we going to trade Kimba? Are we not? We ended up making a trade. But it had nothing to do with Kimba. So, um, you know, basketball almost seems secondary <laughs> as we uh, as we jump on tonight. But the Hornets are in Portland tonight, 10 p.m. Eastern time. Tune in to that. Um, this is our team for the rest of the season. And frankly, it could be our team through next season as well. So let's all, uh, let's all dig in and understand that reality and, at this point, guys, we, we you know the conversation for so long has been, hey, are we going to chase the playoffs? Are we not going to chase the playoffs? Well, we know that answer now. This team wants to make the playoffs this year, and that's pretty much it's going to be all basketball for the rest of the season. Um, you know Jordan wants those two home revenue games, and the Hornets aren't dead yet. I know. Roll your eyes, right? <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but they're, they're not dead I, yet. So. I haven't seen one projection model that has them as a playoff team. But, yes, let's go for it, boys. Let's, let's do go it. For it. Yeah. All right. Anything else, Richie? Am I missing anything here? No, covered it all. Yeah, I wouldn't agree with that strategy either, Brian. I think that we need to go with that stealth tank, but you know they're not going to. And I just don't see yeah. the benefit in, in pushing for the playoffs. It's only going to hurt our lottery chances. Yeah. Anyways, uh, look forward to breaking down Wendell Carter uh, college footage with you guys all spring as we look forward right. to drafting him number nine overall or whatever. Because um, that- it's where we're headed, it looks. That, hey, look, get excited, guys. Hey, draft yeah. season is always fun. I and, love draft season. I mean, I've been at this for eight years now. I mean, it's, it's it, you know, it's a broken record at this point. Yeah. You, know, you get excited this time of year because, like, oh, well, that's right, we suck again. So it's time to break down the draft <laughs> prospects. <laughs> so get excited. This will be this will be the one that turns the franchise around. There right? you go. There we go. Anyways, all right, get excited. Uh, <laughs> all right, uh, look, don't forget, we are a proud member of the Almighty Baller Radio Network. Um, lots of great podcasts over there covering every team, covering fantasy, covering the salary cap. Whatever you want, you got it, NBA-wise. AlmightyBaller.com. And then don't forget, once again, our good friends at Sports Channel 8. You can follow them on Twitter at Sports Channel 8, the number 8, uh, and then SportsChannel8.com. They have got your North Carolina sports and especially ACC basketball. They got you covered uh, these days, so make sure you check them out. All right, for myself, that's Richie. That's Brian. We're post-trade deadline, so we're chasing the playoffs now. So go Hornets. All right. See you guys next week.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.